0: Hello, my name is Liz, and you are listening to the first ever episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. So thank you for being here. And I am just as excited as you are to see where the heck this thing goes. Um I really feel that there is a need for a podcast about cut flowers and my story. Is God. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Okay, we might end up keeping this, so I'm just going to keep talking. My fiance just peeked around the corner and started taking a picture of me because he's creepy like that. Anyway, so that's love. Okay, so I am just as excited as you guys are to find out where this podcast goes. I really felt like there was a need for a podcast out there for Cut Flowers, and don't get me wrong, I think that there is a lot of really, really good information, but Honestly, a lot of it is incredibly scientific and a lot of it is incredibly complicated. And I'm going to let you guys know uh, where I learned everything. I'm pretty self-taught for the most part, but I've tapped into a lot of really valuable resources and I'll try to give them credit as much as I can while we're doing this. And by no means am I an expert. I definitely want to say that you should check out your local state extension if you're ever wondering anything because they're going to tell you how to best grow things in your area. I hope I never give you advice on growing something invasive in your area or something that's illegal or, you know, that you're going to come sue me and, you know, something that's poisonous to your cat. So, you know, just just do your own research and don't come back at me if, uh, if any of that is not valuable to you. But the thing is, I actually am not a flower-educated uh, person. I actually have my doctorate degree as a nurse practitioner, I started out in high school competitively judging flowers in FFA and was really excited about it and I loved it, but I had no idea how to make a career out of that. So I ended up going for nursing because that was a logical thing to do that paid well and I just thought, you know, I'll come back to it, but I just, I really didn't want to work as a florist and I didn't really know how else to have a career in flowers. Um, So then fast forward, we are going to get to all of the nitty gritty in episode two of my flower farm personally, but I'm going to give you guys kind of the details of what my farm setup looks like, how that all the equipment and everything that's available to me, just so that if you're trying to envision whether or not and how you can apply this to your own flower farm or your backyard garden, or you know, Maybe you live in an apartment in the middle of Minneapolis and you just dream of one day owning a little little slice of land somewhere. So I just want to try to figure out how to um, apply it to yourself. So my late husband and I moved out to his family farm in 2016. And yes, I said late husband. I was widowed in 2020 at the age of 31 but again we are going to get to all of that in episode two. What does a cut flower farming mean? It essentially means flowers that you cut so not every flower is meant to be cut. There are a lot of flowers in the landscaping, daylilies, just so many that do terribly in a vase so not everything is meant to be a cut flower. Um, There's a lot of difference between cut flower farming or cut flowers and horticulture or just in a greenhouse in general and you know just the thing about cut flower farming is a lot of times you know if you go there and you expect to see some beautiful meadows or beautiful fields keep in mind that the majority of them are being cut and so they're not as pretty as you think they would be they're kind of ugly actually because all the flowers most of them you have to cut them before they start opening up and that's how they get the longest vase life So keeping that in mind, so, you know, if you are really thinking of cut flower farming and you think that you're going to have this beautiful floral oasis in your backyard, maybe you will, but probably not because you need to cut every single stem in order to make any money because you have to sell them. Unless you just way over plant, but then you're spending a lot more money on seeds. And that's okay. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But just keeping in mind that if you were to go to, you know, an actual flower farm, they're going to cut those sunflowers down before they even open. So I live in central Minnesota and right on the border of zone 4A and zone 4B, right in the center of the state. So right now, for example, the actual high temp today was negative two and I think when I left for work this morning it was negative 17 so it's very cold here cannot grow anything in a high tunnel over winter anything like that I do not have an actual greenhouse I start some seeds in my basement with grow lights and the rest I order plugs I have a high tunnel where I plant a ton of tulips and will plant some ranunculus this spring I am really excited to talk about that as it comes because my plan is, I'm going to tell you guys my whole plan, all the research I've done, how that's going to work, and then I think we're going to record an episode later in the summer of what actually happened, and I'm really excited to put those back to back and see how that really turns out. So then the other thing that I have growing is I have 500 peonies that I planted this last year, and again, we'll do a whole episode on peonies, but I will not be able to cut those for a couple years. So... I have the tulips, half of them inside the high tunnel, half of them outside so that they bloom at different times. And again, we'll do a whole episode on high tunnels later. And then I have my annual field and that is my bread and butter of what I do. I've actually changed it up a little bit this year and I've got a row of, they're four feet by 60 feet. And I have 18 rows of that with six feet of grass in between them. So it's going to be much easier to get through with the four-wheeler and with the wagon and planting the or and picking the flowers and then also for a you pick area and then you know the thing is also like I said cut flowers are not super pretty so I'm going to be going through and I'm going to do a row of zinnias a row of dahlias you know divide up those flowers that that you have to wait until they're fully opened in order to pick them just so that there's some beauty down there because I don't want to have a bunch of sunflowers and cosmos and, you know, just a bunch of flowers that you have to pick as they're barely opening or it's just going to look like a bunch of greens. So that's what it looks like the majority of the time, honestly. And so that's what I have for my flowers down there. I do have a few rows of perennials um, up on the other edge of my yard uh, that's used for cutting and I'm going to be adding more to that this year. I've got some phlox, some sedum, I've got yarrow, and I've got delphinium, and so I'm going to be trying to expand that a little bit more. I have a few other trays of plugs coming, but eventually I'd like to have some rows of perennials, but it's a lot of work to keep up with the weeds, and a lot of times just starting over with the annuals works. I'm going to have a whole, I believe, the probably episode three, it's going to be where we really talk about what I plant, whether or not it's direct seeded, if it's plugs, if it's Something that I start seeds of on my own, and then go from there. But um, and really divide up how I decide what I actually start from seed, what I can direct sow, and how it you know, and how I put what's where. I've also got a really nice cooler for my fridge. That was uh, I started using that this past year, and I wish I had used it sooner. The farm that I live on had a butcher shop. This butcher shop has a huge walk-in cooler. Um, It's from the 1960s, I believe, so it stays about 39 to 43 degrees in perfect humidity. I I could not dream of a better cooler for storing flowers. I was always really worried that my electric bill would go way up, but it only went up about 100 bucks a month, and I'm just set to go on a cooler. The bread and butter of my business, like I said, I have the UPix. that's starting this year. I have subscriptions. So people come and they buy, they get their flowers every week in the summertime for 10 weeks or every week in the spring for four weeks. Typically, you know, I would say I have about 75% of them sold out now and it's January. So most of them don't start till July. So I'd say that's going pretty good. Happy with that, uh, that progress, but, and then new this year, I have a nursing home sponsorship where businesses sponsor a nursing home for essentially do a stem bar so that the nursing home residents can make their own bouquets and that's sponsored by a business. That definitely needs to be its own episode as we talk about just how I got started in supporting nursing homes and I'm really excited to add that to my business. In the fall and winter I do porch pots and wreaths and Christmas centerpieces and then I do order some wholesale for Valentine's Day or a few things around Christmas but for the most part I grow what I have at my own farm and Just for example, today I talked to the wholesaler on the phone about eventually growing for them as well. So it's just kind of a really cool, unique back and forth relationship. The majority of the flowers that I get wholesale are also Minnesota grown. So it's not like they're flown in, they're not shipped. You know, I still try to buy local flowers, even if it's not me growing them, if it's just through a wholesale vendor. But yeah, so that is the majority of the bread and butter of what I do at my farm, how my farm works so that. When you're listening to the episodes, I hope, you know, you can come back here and say, oh, wait a minute, wait, does she have a high tunnel or how does she grow these? And just to try to remember all of those pieces. But my goal is for this to be for someone that's just starting out a garden or maybe someone that has a vegetable garden and hoping to cut fla- grow cut flowers. If any of my customers are listening, thank you so much for listening. And I really hope that it adds value to your product because you know how much has gone into growing them. And yeah, I guess the last thing that I want to talk about is how I was educated and how I was taught. So like I said, I was in FFA in high school. I learned a lot about identifying plants and, oh, we had to take a whole written test of 50 questions on, you know, proper soil and fertilizer and NPK and, you know, nitrous, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, all of that. But yeah, so that was kind of how I got my basis of gardening. But then when it came to actual cut flowers, I read quite a few different books. I will put the link on them on my newsletter or within my podcast page on my website. But a lot from Florette Farms, The Gardener's Workshop, Farmer Bailey's Plugs, just Johnny Seeds alone. Um, that's a seed salesman, but just so many different resources where you buy your product from. They have great references in there. So, it's just a lot of self taught, a lot of YouTube videos. And I don't know, I honestly, I'm going to create the podcast that I wish existed when I was trying to learn to do this. So, you know, I would listen to a lot of them, but they would get so technical about things that you absolutely have to do. And it's like, nah, I, I skipped that step. I think you can skip that step too if you want to. You know, everything that you read, whether it talks about if they need support or spacing and you know, just there's a perfect way to do it. And then there's sometimes there's a good enough way to do it. And so I'm going to talk about both. I don't want to teach any of you the wrong way to do anything. But yeah, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reading. And I hope that you enjoy following along. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook, all at Sunny Mary Meadow. You can subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com.